where in your life are you holding on to things that are way past their expiry date? Assalamu alaikum. Hello. This is Your Truth is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Nadira Razak. I am a wife, a mother, a seeker, and a life and business coach. This podcast is about tuning in to that small, quiet voice within that urges you to really follow your soul's calling. And this podcast aims to bring you solo episodes and interviews with other special humans who have followed this calling, no matter how out of the box it may have been. We'll share stories about how God's grace is working through their lives and how they had the courage to really put one foot in front of the other and build a life that is fulfilling, meaningful, and filled with a sense of play and wonder. I started this podcast because I was at a point in my life where I'd achieved what I wanted to achieve as a coach, yet something still felt missing. I knew I wanted to feel utterly and truly alive and connected to other beautiful human beings. This podcast helps you navigate this quest where you feel like you've arrived and now there's a whisper that this isn't it. There's chaos again and you have to start over. So this is about new beginnings, pivots and finding those breadcrumbs of delight and surprise along life's journey. And I hope that you will tune in, whether it's on your walk, on your drives, going to the gym, however it is that you listen to this podcast. I hope it sparks something in you so that you get the courage to just go for your dreams, to trust those moments of insight and alignment so you can take action on the things that matter to you. I hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and keep in touch with me about the things that are on your heart so we can have a conversation about navigating this beautiful thing called being a human. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. This is Nadara the host of the Your Truth is Calling podcast. Today is a solo episode. I thought, you know, after having done now up to nine episodes and we've got eight of those being interviews, I had one solo episode um, at the start of this journey um, when I did a talk at PGCC on the story of Musa. This time I just wanted to have a solo episode really in response to all of the episodes that have gone so far, but just to kind of share the journey and what's been up in the collective, what's been going on for me, and just to share those lessons with you today. So it's going to be a heart to heart. Um, I am here on at 7.40 in the evening on a Thursday. I had, you know, announced that I was going to do these episodes and release them at 8 p.m. on a Thursday night. And last week that did not happen. And I was really annoyed with myself, but really I did not have the energy for that Thursday. It was just like my energy was elsewhere. We had just come back from holidays, um, spending 10 days on the road. It was a road trip um, through uh, the central coast of New South Wales and Canberra and a bit of Sydney. And we're back in Melbourne. And all I wanted to do was just come and declutter. I had this uh, big burst of spring cleaning energy in me the week before the kids had to go to school. All I wanted to do was go through paper and I tend to, you know, study a lot and listen to lectures and um, read a lot. And so I tend to take a lot of notes, which I keep and then I never refer to. It feels like when I go through something in a, a course of study, it's somehow goes into like long-term memory and whenever I'm sitting in front of someone I'll remember something that I heard and it'll come through me and I tend to not look at the notes but then I have a really hard time letting go because I feel like these are you know (laughs) 
these might be important. These are part and parcel of my identity as a seeker and someone who likes learning and, uh, you know, being on this continuous journey of life. And I just had to go, I do not have capacity. I, I cannot store a lot of inventory. And then it was really hard for me to go, well, what's important and what's not. So I spent a lot of time doing that last week and I still haven't finished. I'm still in that energy. I feel like I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I just want to focus on clearing out. And I feel like it's that back to school energy, you know, where in term four, the final term for the year. And if you're tuning in from around the world, um, in Australia, we go from like just January to December. Um, that's the school year. It's not like a September start, um, like in some curriculums. So for us, it's, it's that final stretch. And I also, recognize that when it's nine months into the year, I'm done. I feel like energetically I'm done. Normally people say, oh, I have all this energy in spring. I'm literally quite the opposite. I, even though, you know, I was born and raised in Sri Lanka and spent most of my years in Sri Lanka before coming to Melbourne um, for university. And so I don't know whether also spending time with a lot of American friends and people above the equator and in the Northern Hemisphere, whether my energy kind of aligns with them more than it does to the Southern Hemisphere. So I feel like when I get into, you know, a September, October, and that sort of, you know, part of the year, I feel like my energy is winding down. I don't usually feel that burst of spring energy. My body doesn't do very well in the spring in Melbourne either. So to me, it's just like I need everything really simplified so I can go and cruise control. So what I really wanted to share with you today is something that I want you to take away is this notion of patience, patience when it comes to divine timing for projects. So this, you know, this whole podcast idea, it was a seed that was planted a couple of years ago. And, and several times, like say, if I spoke to a coach, she would go, well, you seem to be just interested in either interviewing or wanting to be interviewed. Like those are the things that really light you up because I think I was just complaining about being on social media and, and not liking it. And the fact that all I wanted to do was just talk to people. right? And so it was just never the right time though, because um, in 2020, I took a sabbatical from business and I really immersed myself into learning Quranic Arabic. And funny thing, in 2013, now this is like 10 years ago, I found a journal entry because I was going through my journals and wondering what I had written then. I had written something about wanting to travel to all the Islamic sites and like regions in the world. And one of the goals that I had written was I want to study Arabic. And I had said research into like learning Arabic or Arabic classes and how funny it came into my world through my cousin saying, Hey, now that I, I really, you know, I knew you wanted to, to learn Arabic. And my Quran teacher said that here, there's this institute where you can, you know, study online. And the opportunity came into my field, into my sphere in 2020. So see how things incubate, right? It's like, I've even forgotten that I'd even written that in a journal. Funnily enough, Everything that I have written in a journal, whether it takes five years, three years, seven years, ten years, those things actually have come to fruition. So you build this muscle of trust that you don't know how it's going to happen, but it does 
you know, mean that there is something to writing down your visions and actually getting clear as to what's moving you and what you would like to experience. And, you know, there might be things on there that uh, look different. Like I had written something like, I'd really like to work for a not-for-profit. And I had said something like, I'd like to work three three to four days a week and finish off at four o'clock and some of that to be field work. And I think about, you know, the me who wrote that down, maybe in my early 20s. And um, I look at what I am doing now and I'm thinking the field work is actually probably all these community events that I volunteer at. Um, those are like little field trips for me, you know, it, it's a sense of fun and adventure. Um, and it means that I'm not at my desk. I'm not at home just doing one-to-one work and that sort of thing. It's actually getting out of the house. And so it's really interesting looking at how you have a particular flavor or a particular feel of what you would like as an experience. And then a couple of years later, you look back and you go, oh my goodness, I'm actually experiencing it. Or um, it has come into fruition in a way that was completely different from what I specifically thought about. But that whole flavor and essence is so there in the experience that I'm experiencing now. And it's an opportunity to give thanks and to be grateful, um, to go, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God is the best of planners and how it comes into your field of existence and your experience and your consciousness. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows exactly, uh, who those players are going to be in your life, uh, to have those experiences with. And, uh, you know, those people will come into your field and you don't have to attach too much and try and um, hold on really tightly or push so much. It's it's a feeling of really getting clear and then eliminating static and resistance. So I'm going to tell you a little story about, for example, how this podcast came into being and the experience of it has been really like a lot of flow, a lot of synchronicity, subhanAllah and alhamdulillah. Um, for that, like, thank you to God for that. And glory be to God. If you know, you want like trans loose translations of those phrases that we use, um, whenever I use those Arabic terms, um, because really it's, it's a walk of trust. It's like somebody planted the seed. I got into coaching circles or I got into community, um, probably said something. Someone gave me a little bit of feedback that, hey, maybe you should start a podcast. I think you should start a podcast. And that was a little seed. And I went, hmm, like that feels good. Like there's this beautiful feeling inside when you respond positively to, to a suggestion or some idea that someone throws your way. And you have to be receptive to that. You have to kind of see what life throws at you, um, from your environment to go, Hey, do you want to run with this? (laughs) Here's an idea. Do you want to run with it? And my body lets me know that that's something that I would like to do, or that is not something that I would like to do. If I wasn't interested, I wouldn't have got this warm, beautiful feeling in, um, in my belly, right? That it's something I was leaning into, but what it was going to be about so much and all of those things weren't really clear. Um, I remember there was like a podcasting, like a boot camp that came up and, um, 
I went through like a five day experience and, and that kind of helped me clarify what I was, you know, interested in and the topic I really wanted to talk about. Like I had to really go, what am I interested in? And your truth is calling is a phrase that I inscribed on my first iPod when I was like 19 years old, because for some reason, I don't know how, oh, I must've been reading The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho and that book there was something about signs and signatures and reading the signs in the universe and the world around you that really spoke to me. And from then on, I'm always curious and interested as to how life is throwing you these little breadcrumbs for you to pick up and go, is this for me? Maybe, you know, I need to go this way or that way. And it's not in a superstitious way, but in a way where life is having this conversation with you. You have a relationship with life. Um, and it needs you as much as you need it, right? Like it needs you to step up and play in, in the arena, like Brene Brown says. Um, you need to get with the program. And in order to do that, you really need to get rid of distractions or anything that takes you away from that call, right? So for me now in 2020, I had this thing that I wanted to learn Arabic and I took a sabbatical from the business because I'm like, you know, all three kids at home, homeschooling the two of them. And my youngest was probably maybe in daycare at the time. So he got to go sometimes and he didn't get to go sometimes because I obviously wasn't a first, um, what do you, uh, is it a first responder? Someone who was either a nurse or a doctor or um, a police officer, so one of those professions where they allowed your child to still attend daycare. Obviously, I didn't qualify. So they were all at home. And I thought, you know what? The guidance at the time was actually just take the pressure off, take any sort of external stress away um, so that I could just lie low, concentrate. And this opportunity to learn Arabic came about, which, you know, if it was in any other um, you know, outside the pandemic, if it was any other season, I might not have been able to take to it the way I took to it uh, during the pandemic because it was just a, a weekend class on a Saturday and a Sunday for 90 minutes. And I feel like a lot of those basic concepts of the Arabic grammar, like it went into my long-term memory. Whereas it's funny when uh, we came out of the pandemic and then I started to put, you know, um, started to put the business piece on my plate and the kids were going to school regularly and all of that, I felt like I also didn't have those weekend studies. It became a full-on four-day-a-week commitment, and that really threw a curveball in terms of balance for me, and I felt like I wasn't able to keep all the balls in the air, um, and I had done that for like three years, and I had to make a decision that, am I going to now finish this um, course, it was an Alama course, meaning like you study all of the, the, the subjects uh, to become a scholar. And I, I, it's like I did all of the umbrella subjects, all the big ones. And then when it came to actually starting to learn from the Arabic books, I found that I could not give it the amount of attention and brain space it required. Um, and my heart needed to go in a different direction. And it was really hard for me to make that decision. I kept having these conversations with myself of, is it time to let go? And I had my husband saying, mm, you did say you just wanted to do Quranic Arabic. Now you're doing all these other subjects. What's up with that? <laughs> and I was getting a bit, you know, like defensive going, well, this is, you know, 
important to me and um, I thought I'd get more support. Um, but it wasn't that. It was just that, you know, sometimes people who are closest to you, they can see when you're out of balance, but you have to be the one to finally, you know, look in the mirror and then say, well, this is not working. And it was a hard decision to make because you also get conditioning, right? When you're in a certain uh, group where you're studying something, each organization has its own culture and sometimes you fit and sometimes you don't fit. And I felt like, you know, there was this conditioning that if you just left the studies then maybe God's mercy won't be with you and you better watch out. You'll be on your own and things like that. And I found those messages I had kind of absorbed and I couldn't see the forest from the trees where I'm like, where does my truth begin? And where is this just this conditioning, you know, that's coming from the outside. And I remember walking six kilometers by the creek um, where my kids go to school and I was saying this divine name in my heart. I think it was Ya Muntakim Ya Qahar about a thousand times in my heart until it was just really, really clear what was my voice versus what was this outside voice that was influencing me. And that gave me the courage to reach out and, you know, let my principal know that I was um, going to step down from the studies that I had gotten what I needed and now it was time to let go and um, go on my own journey and, and I had her blessings so that was really great but it was really interesting that I had to say no first and have this huge gap um, and it wasn't a big gap meaning like when I had completed the studies maybe it was about like two or three weeks and then I already knew what I was meant to do so it was very fast in that sense because I had already been working like there were all these stoves on the um at least pa like pans on the stove you know uh, different pots um simmering and uh, finally it was like as soon as I said no to something that was out of alignment what was in alignment for me had the spaciousness, the energetic capacity, all of that to just fly. And it was the right time. So, you know, I want to offer this to you. Like where in your life are you holding on to things that are way past their expiry date? Is it a relationship? Is it a friendship? Is it a course of study? Um, maybe it's a job that you've just been holding on and not looking for anything else or Maybe you can't even look for something else yet until you say, no, I'm going to have to somehow remove myself from this situation. And, you know, we're humans. We attach to things really easily. It's really hard to distance yourself from something when you have become part of that culture, when that's, you know, being part of that job or being part of a particular collective is part of your identity. It's part of your routine now. It's really hard to remove yourself from those situations. But for your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health, for your heart to be in healthy relationship with you um, and with life, there are times where you need to cut off from something that's unhealthy and we hold on to things way past their expiry date out of fear, out of attachment. 
And just for you to know that it's normal. And now that I can look back and go, oh my goodness, the things that happened when I dropped something that was out of alignment for me. I'm not saying that it was a waste. It was absolutely perfect for me to be at the Institute for about, you know, three years, pretty much full time. Um, and still do all of the other things I did because it gave me a lot of experience. It gave me all that knowledge and all of that is in me, right? You, someone can't take that away from me. It's already part of me. And it also gave me that ability to be comfortable in a mosque setting because I knew the etiquette of moving with people from a religious setting um, and I wouldn't feel like a fish out of water. And so Allah obviously knew I needed to be there for that particular amount of time. And then when the time completed, like I really knew because my body was feeling completely uncomfortable. And I have known from past experience, when I'm out of alignment, I usually get this feeling of I cannot breathe anymore. I feel like someone's sitting on my chest, like it's really tough. And I feel super, super like squeezed, like life is squeezing me and I need to get out, right? Like that's how it's it feels viscerally for me. So you need to know like how does it manifest in your life when something is out of alignment? Do you get headaches? Um, do you not sleep well? Do you get crabby and you know shout at your kids or uh, take it out on everybody else because something's not right for you but you haven't sat with it and worked through the decision-making process of okay I need to make a change and it requires speaking up um, it requires some action on your part to get out of the thing or recommit and renegotiate your commitments so that it is it is in alignment for you. Um, so I wanted to offer you that because when I had stepped away, then there was so much energy. I had, you know, I put on weight as well. I feel like with all the study and excessive commitments, um, and being out of alignment, I was holding on to all this weight. And as soon as I had dropped um, the studies, it was March. I think I just suddenly lost weight and I wasn't even doing anything. I don't think I had even, um, you know, started the walks as like a, a huge habit. It was just something I did off and on. And so it was literally letting go of commitments that were no longer in alignment. So I want to gift you that as well. Like, what are you holding on to in terms of commitments um, that maybe no one else is asking you to do it? You're the one who took it on, right? So you have complete permission to drop it, but you have to go through that process with yourself to drop it and then take the action that's required. Um, so that was when, you know, all of the the interviews and who I wanted to interview and uh, places I wanted to volunteer and all of those things came into view as to where I wanted to put my energy. So I did not have like a six-year gap or a year's gap where I did not know what I wanted to do. Life showed me very quickly, here's where we wanted to play. Now they're at, like, here's where you need to be, right? And it was so beautiful and ecstatic and there was no pressure there was no force there was no pushing it was very much I was doing everything with a very light touch and you know just invite people to conversations people I met there was a lot of synchronicity spontaneity um yeah a lot of aliveness and fulfillment deep deep satisfaction and fulfillment um from 
these conversations that I've been having with guests and sharing it with the world and getting the feedback as to how it's landing. Um, and, and it's giving me other ideas of, of what I want to do. And, and I invite you uh, to message me and let me know what you would want me to share and what are you curious about, uh, whether there are certain things you want to know um, about, you know, yeah, whether it's creativity or how to get your own passion projects going, because so much of depression and loneliness and all of these things come into being because we're not um, actually tapping into our purpose, right? Um, somehow in our life, like we've gone out of alignment and we're not making a contribution somewhere and we're feeling it, right? And then we get into our little um, caves and sometimes that's required. Like you, you don't want to talk to people. You need to be concentrating on just your own world, but there's a huge part of you that has something to teach, something to share. Um, and when you're not doing that, especially when you've had an experience and, and you have this yearning to share it and it's, you're not making space for that, you will feel that, right? It's like you're, you have all these things, but you're holding back. And life wants you to share it and you just have to get clear as to how you want to share that, right? So for me, what's been clear is I really like to work light. Um, I love doing sometimes just one-off sessions with people and, you know, once a month coming um, together on the phone for an hour and working out like all of the kinks in the pipe, <laughs> right? I'm really good at reading energy. I can tell you very quickly, like this is out of alignment. This is what needs to shift. And here are the rituals and the routines and things that if you change this, this is what could happen, right? Like literally seeing the seeing the path for you and saying, just make this shift here, that shift there, and then you, she'll be right. <laughs> like you're going to be okay, more than okay. This is how you thrive. So um, for me, the ideas that I've had that have, you know, uh, been bubbling up uh, just before spring came in was like, I would like to have some sessions in person, like having creek walks. You know, I, I remember going with a school mom along the creek and she was a past client of mine in a, in a small group program we did. So I did have, you know, a lot of knowledge about how she operated and we solved something really major on that walk. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, wouldn't this be nice to do as an offering? Like, let's do a creek walk and solve one of your issues. And then what are the benefits of that? You get your, your heart rate up, we're just walking and talking and it feels like you're meeting a friend, except I'm not your friend. <laughs> I might feel like a friend. I'm your coach and a guide and someone who is trained in energy work. So I'm an intuitive, I'm, I'm a trained intuitive. So there's things that maybe you're not even saying, but I know that those are the things that need to shift so I can put words to it. And then once you have someone put words to it, you can see in your own heart how it resonates. And then you have full permission to make the change. If this resonates with you and you feel like this is the season for you to get some personalized coaching where you come into a one-to-one -one setting, whether you talk to me on the phone or you want a one-to-one -one where we walk and talk, just message me on Instagram at Nadara Razak and we can have a, a quick conversation, a 15-minute chat as to, yeah, 
when you want to get started, because I feel like that is what I can offer people right now. I have so much experience in the work of consciousness and just knowing where your energy needs to go, um, you know, shifting out what's out of alignment, allowing you to see what is calling you, gifting you permission to start those projects um, or end things that need to have an expiry date and be dumped. And some of those things are hard because a lot of the old stuff is has become part of your identity and there is some grieving that you need to do. There is some healing work involved. You've got to be okay to grieve and put those things down so that you can make space for the new, right? So if this resonates and um, if you like this episode, let me know, share it with a friend and you know I will catch you next time on the Your Truth is Calling podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.